this will be one of my shorter episodes of the podcast, uh, but it's a it's a replay of a live broadcast that I did uh, last week uh, during my enrollment week. And I want to start a segment sort of called un, not sort of called unpopular opinion. And this is going to be the first of those. So these will be shorter broadcast episodes, most likely. However, I hope that they enlighten and inform you to shift your mindset away from the pervasive and dogmatic nature of what we call diet culture. So in this particular episode, I am talking about uh, my top reasons why I think it's actually problematic to set a goal weight. Now, everything has context and nuance. So before the trolls start to inundate me with messages on Instagram, I understand that certain times for the purpose of insurance, for the purpose of a combat sport where you need to make a weight class, there are reasons why setting a goal numerical weight is important. That's not the context of this particular share. I'm talking specifically about setting a three-digit number here as a means of holistically assuming health and no other factor for health. So I hope you enjoy this unpopular opinion. Let me know. Send me messages. If you hate it, still contact me. I'd love to have the conversation and debate with you on to the show. So uh, first of all, my name is Ren, R-E-N Jones. I am a certified personal trainer. I'm a certified corrective exercise specialist. Uh, I'm also cert both of those certifications are through National Academy of Sports Medicine. I'm certified as a level one and level two nutrition coach through the organization Precision Nutrition. I'm also certified as a women's coaching specialist through Girls Gone Strong, and I've got three different certifications for menopause uh, health and wellness um, because that's the population that I serve. I work with women over 30 as a population I have for, again, like the last decade. But let's get into it. I'm going to give you my top three reasons why I despise having a goal weight as a, as a reason for exercise or as a desired end result for exercise. And number one, right out of the gate is who the hell knows where the number came from, right? That's, that's my first big issue with having a goal weight. It's attached to some number, and usually the number is arbitrary. Like you don't even know why it's that number. And what I get from the women that I talk to, and let me, let me set the table here by saying, I'm not saying you can't have a goal weight. I'm just trying to give you a, the other side of this philosophical coin as to why it may not be the catalyst for motivation that you think it is. So number one, who knows where the number came from? Typically, when I'm talking to potential clients, that goal weight they have, it either came from BMI chart, which is problematic for me, or it came from uh, it came from some weight, some long time ago that you were. You remember getting on the scale when you were 23 and that's what you weighed. So you've attached that number to a possibly happier period in your life. And now it's stuck as if I want the life that I enjoyed, then I need to be the weight that I was then. And number three, it comes from imprinting from parents, right? Usually from a mom. Uh, and over the course of your life with your mother or in your adolescent years, your formative years, 
with your mother, it was a weight that she always wanted to be. She felt like the epitome of, uh, of woman, womanhood was being 135, or she felt like uh, the ideal weight for a woman was 115 or was 156. Who knows? But the number usually comes from a very arbitrary place. I want to dig into those three things that I mentioned really quickly, because number one, the BMI charts are a pile of bullshit, right? Uh, So if you've got an assigned weight, a a weight that you want to be in, it's based on BMI. Let me give you the details. Let me tell you the backstory, the sordid history of BMI really quickly. Number one, it was developed in the 1800s. That's the first thing. Number two, which could have been number one, uh, is that it was developed by an astronomer and mathematician. That's right. The whole basis for the calculation for the BMI chart didn't come from a physician back in the olden days or or an exercise guru. It came from an astronomer slash mathematician named Quartelet. And when BMI was developed, it was developed to assess a population of midlife European men. Right. That's the where the, that's where the calculation comes from. Now, if you're not a European man born in the 1800s in midlife, you're probably starting to put together the pieces that it doesn't apply to you. The third thing about the BMI chart and why I hate if your weight goal came from a doctor suggesting that is that the chart in and of itself, the formulation was said to never have been created to assess an individual. It was created to assess a population. The gentleman who came up with the formula said that himself, you're probably thinking, well, why the shit am I being held accountable to this body mass index that was based on European males in midlife in the 1800s? What does that have to do with me? As Eddie Murphy said at the end of coming to America, aha, right? That's the point of why I'm saying the BMI is trash. So what happens is insurance companies actuaries in the United States adopt that methodology of quick citing what they think your health might be. And if you're over certain levels of that BMI chart, well, your rates for insurance need to go up. Medical community adopts it. But again, this is something that was developed in the 1800s that takes takes into no account your body composition, how much muscle you have versus how much fat doesn't take into account at all your ethnic uh, makeup, you know, your cultural background, uh, your genealogy, none of that. It's just an arbitrary number of your height and your weight and what we estimate your health might be based on that. That's not a good reason to chase that number. Uh, when When it comes to the weight that you may have been at one point in your life, it's problematic there because the the joy you had, the experience you had at that point in your life was not predicated on the weight you were at that time. And when it comes to something that you were imprinted by, an arbitrary number weight that your mom probably thought was a good weight to be back when you were growing up, well, we know that's just nonsensical. She didn't have any basis for that number either. So the number one reason why I despise a specific goal weight as the endpoint success factor of your wellness journey uh, is that nobody even really knows where the number came from that you've decided is an optimal weight. Uh, And it's not necessarily true that that weight will be an indication that you're in great health. I can guarantee you, no matter what weight 
is your number, what your goal weight is, there's somebody out there at that number who is unhealthy, who is probably having a disordered relationship with food, who is probably ill, severely ill, um, cancer, some such serious illness. The number in itself doesn't mean anything. I was about to say a bad word. Uh, the number by itself doesn't mean anything. And we typically arbitrarily assign this three-digit number to some human randomly as a, as a nonsensical explanation of what they need to achieve that will indicate health. That's reason one why I hate having a weight loss goal. Reason number two is the weight loss goal. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense when you get to the number because weight in and of itself the specific number is not an indication of health. There's a great law in economics. It's called Goodhart's Law. And Goodhart's Law says that when a measure becomes a goal, it ceases to be a good measure. I'm going to repeat that. When a measure becomes the actual goal, it ceases to be a good measure. I'm going to give you an example of what that means in, in the context of what I'm talking today. Talking about today, three reasons why I hate having a goal weight for a wellness journey. Um, you've probably all, at, at a time when, <clears throat> excuse me, everybody was going into the office. I know some people don't go into offices anymore, but you're probably familiar with that January weight loss pool, right? Every January, everybody want to get healthy at the office. So the, the boss, the manager, the supervisor comes out. Guys, we've got a weight loss pool this year. So everybody's going to put in $25 or $50 or $100. Uh, and we're going to weigh in at the end of every week. And at the end of January, whoever's lost the most weight, they're going to have the, they're going to win the pot, right? This podcast is sponsored by Fitness Jones Training. If you're a woman over 30 who wants to build her healthiest body and her healthiest relationship with food, and if you're ready to ditch diet culture, no weighing, measuring food, no calorie counting, and no excessive cardio bouts night after night, then Fitness Jones Training may be the solution for you. Feel free to contact us on Instagram at, at Fitness Jones Training or via email renjones at fitnessjonestraining.com. We'll see if you might be a good fit for our programs. Back to the show. And invariably, to get weight down, people will do batshit crazy things to win that money, right? Like somebody will drink two laxatives, drink a laxative for breakfast, a laxative for lunch, uh, and then eat a salad at dinner. People will buy, get weight loss pills, right? People just stop eating. People go on an all water diet. Just batshit crazy Things that are detrimental to your health. These are not indications, you know, I, I'm going to stop lifting weights all January so that my muscles will atrophy and I'll win that weight loss pool, right? If the goal was health, but you start doing batshit crazy things just to get down to a weight loss, to a weight, to a number, then it's not good. I'm going to repeat that law that I mentioned to you, good heart's law, economics law, when a measure becomes a goal, it ceases to be a good measure. And when you take something like weight that can sometimes be a measurement of increased health, it could be, right? It could be showing that your health is getting better. But when you take that measure and you make it the goal, it ceases to be a good measure. 
and you'll do, I've seen people do crazy things to get down to their weight loss goal, their number, uh, and it is irrelevant to health. Starving themselves, um, not sleeping, uh, over-exercising, drinking laxatives, detox teas, uh, not eating certain food groups, you name it. People have done crazy shit just to lose a couple of weights, a couple of pounds on the scale. That's the second reason why I don't like uh, a goal weight as the end-all, be-all of a wellness journey. It's not great. Here's the third reason and biggest, and then I'm going to get out of your hair for this Sunday. The third reason that I do not like having a number goal, a goal weight as the indication of success of a wellness journey is because it's destination happiness, right? I'll be happy when, the old I'll be happy when statement. And we know now that happiness is not a result of something that you do or get or buy or have. Uh, happiness is a choice. It's an act of gratitude attached to what you are, to what, what the things in your life, right? So happiness results from an act of gratitude, not a specific thing that happens. Now, you may be pleased when certain things happen. You may be excited, excited when certain things happen. You may feel satisfied that you've accomplished something. But one thing that I know after a decade in this business is that people will lose tremendous amounts of weight, hit their goal, and not be happy. Happy is an internal, it's an internal motivation. Happiness is an inside job, right? So the problem with having that goal weight is that it's destination happiness. Uh, it's when I get there, when I get this, when I get to that. I much prefer over having a goal specifically, nothing wrong with goals, but for a for a transition in life that takes as long as attaining in improved health might take, I much prefer uh, an intention to a goal. And I'm going to tell you the difference. A goal has some fixed point, fixed situation, uh, isolated, isolated arrival of a situation. An intention is livable. A goal only focuses on the end point destination. Up until that point, you do not have the thing that you're trying to attain. An intention is a livable way of existence. I'll give you a quick, easy example of the differentiation between these two. Um, the goal of getting married, right? Versus the intention of being a loving, supportive partner. I've seen... My my background in life is in music, and I was in a group, and we performed at a lot of weddings. So we got to know a lot of wedding parties and a lot of brides and grooms, and I've seen this happen before. Um, but sometimes when the goal is to get married, what will happen is uh, a bride or groom or fam family, they'll have such high levels of stress all the way up to that thing. Or a couple, maybe one or the other person in a couple, will have such high levels of stress of when are we going to get married? When is he going to ask me? When when will be okay to ask her, right? You're stressed all the way up to that moment because you don't have the thing that you want and you get fixated on getting there. So fixated on getting there that sometimes you remove the possibility of enjoying the being of it all. Removing the possibility of enjoying the journey, this certainly happens 
along a health journey where people get so fixated about getting to that end result weight uh, that they cannot enjoy any part of what they're doing. And what often happens is when they get to that end point, when they get to that goal thing, they get sort of a now what, right? Because when you're working towards a goal like that, you only get to hit it in an instantaneous moment, right? You know, there, there's only the arrival and everything after that is not the arrival versus an intention. So a goal of getting married versus an intention of being a loving, supportive partner. You can do that on date three, right? You don't have to wait for some end result to be a loving, supportive partner if that's your intention in your relationship. Because let me tell you, when you get to the goal of getting married and you have no set intention for how you want to be as a spouse partner, um, you can lose interest in a lot of things really quickly, right? When when it's um, when it's raining outside and it's 30 degrees and your husband blows a tire and he doesn't have a spare because you told him to replace the spare tire from the last time, he didn't listen. He said, I'll get around to it. He has no car service, no AAA or anything. And you've got to get up off of your couch on that Wednesday evening, that cold, rainy winter, winters, that cold, rainy winter's evening. You've got to go out to where he is, take him the spare tire from your car. Maybe it's a hypothetical situation. Don't sue me for the writing. Um, you know, the goal of getting married doesn't get you off the couch. The intention of being a loving, supportive partner does. It colors all your decisions. The intention of being a the intention of being a human that prioritizes their health uh, and manages to make decisions throughout the course of their life that are in line with their intention for their health, that gets you to the gym, right? That makes you decide to drink a glass of water. Those things work, but the goal of a specific weight, it doesn't drive any intention. So the third reason why I do not like setting a goal weight is because there's only the goal there and everything up to it, you do not have the goal attained. Everything after it feels like a letdown after achieving the goal, I'd much prefer for you to have an intention for your health because you can live an intention on the first day. It could be your first day exercising ever in your life. And if your intention is, I'm going to be the type of human that prioritizes their health, gets great movement in their life, and prioritize making the slightly better nutrition choice uh, every single day, you can live that on day one. If your goal is to lose 30 pounds, on day one, you're frustrated by how far away you are from losing that 30 pounds. Day 30, you're probably frustrated. Day 60, you're probably still frustrated because that takes a while. But if you have an intention, you can enjoy day two. You feel good about what you're doing on day three. Uh, so those are the top three reasons why I despise setting a goal weight and why I think for more of you than less of you, it's counterproductive to do it. And I'm pretty sure I can say confidently that you've probably done this over several years of your wellness journey. You've had a goal weight set and sometimes you hit it. So most of the time you didn't and you're frustrated by the lack of being able to attain it and strictly maintain that body weight. Look, you're a living, breathing organism susceptible to all types of stimulus, susceptible to all types of psychological effects, right? You know, you're in the world moving through it. Uh, it's going to be incredibly different 
maintaining a set three-digit number in relationship to gravity as expressed through your body. It's almost impossible until you die and you'll be the same weight, uh, of course, until you decompose. But that's not something that's possible. However, if you set an intention for your behaviors, your way of being when it comes to your wellness, you can maintain that every single day of your life, really regardless of the choice you make, because you're always one choice away from coming back to what your true intentions are for your health. So those are my top three reasons why I despise setting a goal weight and the top three reasons why I think for more people out there than less, setting a goal weight as the overall goal for your wellness protocol is going to be problematic. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the podcast. Please feel free to leave me a review. Those reviews really help me, especially since I'm starting out. And subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And also tell a friend. And if you listen to the podcast, you got some information from it, don't hesitate to tag me on social media with a screenshot of the podcast on your phone. Send me a question, Jones at fitnessjonestraining.com. I'd love to answer some questions for you, interact with you. Until next time, have a good one.